Volume Four, Chapter Four of Cecilia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cecilia, Memoirs of an Heiress by Francis Burney. Volume Four, Chapter Four, An Expectation. In this disposition of mind, Cecilia the next morning obeyed the summons of Mr. Delvile, and for the first time went to St. James's Square in a humour to look for evil instead of good, and meanness instead of nobleness. She was shown into an apartment where she found Mr. Delvile alone, and was received by him as usual with the most stately solemnity. When she was seated, I have given you, Miss Beverley, said he, the trouble of calling in order to discuss with you the internal state of your affairs, a duty which at this juncture I hold to be incumbent upon my character. The delicacy due to your sex would certainly have induced me to wait upon you myself for this purpose, but for the reasons I have already hinted to you, of fearing the people with whom you live might think it necessary to return my visit. Persons of low origin are commonly in those matters the most forward. Not, however, that I would prejudice you against them, though for myself it is fit I remember that a general and indiscriminate acquaintance by levelling all ranks does injury to the rights of society. Ah, thought Cecilia, how infallible is Mr. Monckton, and how inevitably in a family in which Mr. Delvile is the head should I be cruelly held down as the disgrace of their alliance? I have applied, continued he, to Mrs. Delvile, to know if the communication which I had recommended to you, and to which she had promised her attention, had yet passed, but I am informed you have not spoken to her upon the subject. I had nothing, sir, to communicate, answered Cecilia, and I had hoped, as Mrs. Delvile had made no inquiries, she was satisfied she had nothing to hear. With respect to inquiries, said Mr. Delvile, I fear you are not sufficiently aware of the distance between a lady of Mrs. Delvile's rank, both by birth and alliance, and such a young woman as Mrs. Harrell, whose ancestors, but a short time since, were mere Suffolk farmers. But I beg your pardon, I mean not any reflection upon yours. I have always heard they were very worthy people, and a farmer is certainly a very respectable person. Your father, I think, no more than the dean your uncle, 
did nothing in that way himself now sir said cecilia dryly and much provoked by this contemptuous courtesy i have always been told he was a very good sort of man i knew none of the family myself but the dean his connections with the bishop of my relation puts him often in my way though his naming me for one of his trustees i must own was rather extraordinary but i mean not to hurt you on the contrary i should be much concerned to give you any uneasiness again mr monckton arose in the mind of cecilia and again she acknowledged the truth of his strictures and though she much wondered in what an harangue so pompous was to end her disgust so far conquered her curiosity that without hearing it she wished herself away to return said he to my purpose the present period of your life is such as to render advice particularly seasonable i am sorry therefore as i before said you have not disclosed your situation to mrs delvile a young lady on the point of making an establishment and with many engagements in her power is extremely liable to be mistaken in her judgment and therefore should solicit instruction from those who are able to acquaint her what connection would be most to her advantage one thing however i am happy to commend the young man who was wounded in the duel i cannot recollect his name is i hear totally out of the question what next thought cecilia though still she gave him no interruption for the haughtiness of his manner was repulsive to reply my design therefore is to speak to you of sir robert floyer when i had last the pleasure of addressing you upon this subject you may probably remember my voice was in his favour but i then regarded him merely as the rival of an inconsiderable young man to rescue you from whom he appeared an eligible person the affair is now altered the young man is thought of no more and another rival comes forward to whom sir robert is as inconsiderable as the first rival was to sir robert cecilia started at this information livelier sensations stimulated her curiosity and surmises in which she was most deeply interested quickened her attention this rival proceeded he i should imagine no young lady would a moment hesitate in electing he is every way the superior of sir robert except in fortune and the deficiencies of that the splendour of your own may amply supply the deepest crimson now tinged the cheeks of cecilia the prophecy of mr monckton seemed immediately fulfilling and she trembled with 
a rising conflict between her approbation of the offer and her dread of its consequences. I know not indeed, continued he, in what estimation you may have been accustomed to hold rank and connection, nor whether you are impressed with a proper sense of their superiority and value. For early prejudices are not easily rooted out, and those who have lived chiefly with moneyed people regard even birth itself as unimportant when compared with wealth. The colour which first glowed in the cheeks of Cecilia from expectation now rose yet higher from resentment. She thought herself already insulted by a prelude so ostentatious and humiliating to the proposals which were to follow, and she angrily determined with whatever pain to her heart to assert her own dignity by refusing them at once. Too well satisfied by what she now saw of the present, that Mr. Monckton had been just in his prediction of the future. Your rejection, therefore, continued he, of this honourable offer may perhaps have been merely the consequence of the principles in which you have been educated. Rejection, interrupted Cecilia, amazed. What rejection, sir? Have you not refused the proposals of my Lord Arnolf for his son? Lord Arnolf? Never, nor have I ever seen either his lordship or his son but in public. That, replied Mr. Delvile, is little to the purpose. Where the connection is a proper one, a young lady of delicacy has only to accede to it. But, though this rejection came not immediately from yourself, it had doubtless your concurrence. It had not sir even my knowledge your alliance then with sir robert floyer is probably nearer a conclusion than i had imagined for otherwise mr harrel would not without consulting you have given the earl so determinate an answer no sir said cecilia impatiently my alliance with him was never more distant nor do I mean it should ever approach more near. She was now little disposed for further conversation. Her heroic design of refusing young Delvile by no means reconciled her to the discovery she now made that he had not meant to address her, and though she was provoked and fretted, at this new proof that Mr. Harrel scrupled neither assertions nor actions to make her engagement with Sir Robert credited, her disappointment in finding that Mr. Delvile, instead of pleading the cause for his son, was exerting his interest for another person, affected her so much more nearly that, notwithstanding, he still continued his parading harangue. She scarcely knew even the subject of his discourse, and seized the first opportunity of a cessation 
to rise and take her leave. He asked if she would not call upon Mrs. Delvile, but desirous to be alone, she declined the invitation. He then charged her to proceed no further with Sir Robert till he had made some inquiries concerning Lord Arnolf, and graciously promising his protection and counsel, suffered her to depart. Cecilia now perceived she might plan her rejections, or study her dignity at her leisure, for neither Mr. Delvile nor his son seemed in any haste to put her fortitude to the proof. With regard, therefore, to their plots and intentions, Mr. Monckton, she found, was wrong. But with respect to their conduct and sentiments, she had every reason to believe him right, and though her heart refused to rejoice in escaping a trial of its strength, her judgment was so well convinced that his painting was from the life, that she determined to conquer her partiality for young Delvile, since she looked forward to nothing but mortification in a connection with his family. End of chapter 4